Hey, welcome to No Ideas Original Sports. I'm here with Reem and Theo. How you guys doing? Doing good. Doing good. Doing as well. Hey, so we got we got a lot of things to catch up on. Something on the playoffs have evolved, and we're down to the final four teams. You got the Suns and the Clippers, and we got um, Milwaukee and Atlanta. So right now, let's say, what, what do we think? Because listen, my, I, I think personally, the Clippers might be done. Yeah, I think the Kawhi injury might be a bit much for them. Uh, so I got the Suns, especially they're down three-one now. So I got the Suns coming out of the West. Well, right now let's go for Phoenix right now. Even though Game Five was a very winnable game for the Clippers, but they can't close it out. Uh, Paul George didn't have a real good game. Right now he's here, and I guess uh, all the haters now, but it's a very tough performance. But um, I think it's open. I think if it could have been a one game five, you never could know. I was supposed to say the Suns up maybe from seven. Yeah, so now yeah. we five at home. You know, uh, it's going to be tough, man, for sure. It's going to be tough. So we might we might be out of here uh, come Monday, Tuesday. And the thing that's interesting is that like Kawhi injury aside, all the games been competitive for the most part. So it's not like they you know going out there getting blown out. So I, I do think that Kawhi injury really was a really and sad thing about it is the way the league shaped up. This might have been the best year, best opportunity they had because I could see, you know, different teams coming back. I'm sure the Lakers roster will look different, you know, different teams will come back reloaded. So this might have been one of their best opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Very good point. So switching over to the East, we got Atlanta and Milwaukee. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It, it, I could just be a, be a hater, but I I, I want to see Atlanta win. I don't know about winning the championship, but I want to see them beat Milwaukee. I, I don't know. What do, what do you guys think? Yeah, for me, at this point, I would like to see a, a Suns-Hawks finals. Why not? I don't have anything against the Bucks. It wouldn't be bad to see Giannis in there, but I think Atlanta, um, at least leading into this series, was the more exciting of the two uh, teams for me. So why not seeing that Atlanta in there? Yeah, Atlanta would be a good look for first team Atlanta. I've been going to the finals. They're playing real good right now. Milwaukee Bucks, there's sometimes there's certain teams doesn't doesn't grasp your attention. Sometimes they're kind of boring and or just you know methodical or, or sometimes you get tired of blowing big leads all the time every year. Yeah. So kind of way weird back ahead sometimes. And Milwaukee Bucks are known for that, blowing big leads for the last few years, even this year's playoff stuff, playoff series should say so. That being said, I think Bucks, the Bucks are the better team right now. Especially if they keep uh that that's uh feeding the post. Yeah. And, uh, but you know what? The Hawks make it, why not? I won't be surprised if you beat the uh, Milwaukee Bucks because the Bucks are very up and down to my team. But uh, I'll still say uh, it'll be Bucks and the Suns for sure. I, I do think what's, what's interesting too, I think again, this might be another situation where this might be Giannis's best opportunity to get to the championship because I'm pretty, the Knicks will be better next year. They won't sneak up on anybody, but they'll be better. The Nets, the Nets should have full health, a health, fully healthy team, so they'll be better. You know, the Sixers might need one or two, one piece or something, or whatever to be better. So, plus some of these coaching changes, I'm sure, will help too. I'm, I'm expecting a team like Indiana probably to be a little better. You know, mm-hmm. so I think this might be a good opportunity for Giannis too. So this might, you know, looking at the teams, I mean, Atlanta would be nice to see, but this might be a good, uh, this might be Chris Paul and Giannis's 
golden opportunity this year. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like you said, if Giannis doesn't get it this year, at least make the finals, then he's going to have a tougher road next season. Because even with Philly, I would say Philly's going to come back tough again. They're, they're not an easy out. Yeah. Um, the Nets, like you mentioned, Indiana, the Knicks. It's going to be a tougher road. So right there, it's, it's kind of there for the taking for Giannis in terms of making the finals. I still don't know if they would beat um, the Suns if they do make it. I'm assuming the Suns will close that series out. I don't know if they'll beat the Suns, but this is probably Giannis's best chance before they uh, look into breaking that team up. Look at the Miami Heat too. Look at Kyrie, man. Yeah. yeah Reload. Reload. Something. something. Well, you got to figure too. Look at look at Charlotte. They went there. They didn't have Gordon Hayward, and they still got a they got a high lottery pick again. So you add the right player and you play Gordon Hayward. So I don't know about being a championship mix, but I think they'll be a tougher out. Same thing with uh, maybe Toronto too, right? Who knows what they do? <laughs> Toronto apparently yeah. tough over these last few years. So depending on what moves they make in the off season, they could be could be a better team. So that's the, like this a this a real good year for for Chris Paul and Giannis. So it'll yes. be interesting to see if either one of them take advantage. Of. From what we've seen in these playoffs, do we do we see Trey Young as a superstar, all star? What what do we think of Trey Young? I, I just want to start with saying one thing about this. When that Trey Young Luka Doncic deal went off, everybody was like they don't know what was going on. The deal seemed like it was it wasn't even or something, and everybody seen Doncic. Looking at it now, the Hawks got out of that deal. They got Trey Young, would end up being Cam Reddish, and I think it might have been Hunter too. Or so I, I would have to say, just from a trade perspective, I, I still think that you know Luke is a generational player, but I would have to say the Hawks probably won that deal. Yeah, I would agree. Just because they got another piece, I know they got at least one more pick. Yeah, I know they got Reddish in that deal. Reddish and um and Young. So just from that perspective, Reddish, you know, injured this season, so hasn't had a chance really to show what he could do, unfortunately. But yeah, Trey Young being as good as as he is alone makes it at least the conversation between who won the deal, even without Reddish included. Because Luca plays a style of game that's not, it's not good. It, It depends on who his supporting cast is, Luca, the way he plays. Trey Young similar, where he could be very ball dominant, but I think Trey Young is better at getting into that paint and finding his teammates than Luca. So I don't know. To me, I, going back to your original um, question about whether Trey Young is a superstar, I would say so. Um, reason being is, yeah, sure, he he uh, he hasn't really done it consistently at at this level. But the reason why I say he's a superstar now is I just don't see him getting worse. You know, he's only going to get better. The only thing I see happening to him is maybe less free throw attempts, right? Due to the, the rule they're looking into with jumping into defenses. And so that may subtract a couple of points maybe from his averages. But skill set wise, I don't see him getting any worse. The guy's only going to get better. So I would say he's a superstar now. He's definitely proved he should have been on that all star team. Well, from his tail performances alone, he's definitely a superstar. Big, big, big stage, big lights. You know, he's carrying the team in his back. We need a big shot. He's, he's, uh, he's creating shots for others and making shots for himself. And the first playoff game in the East Coast Finals, he scored 50 points out the gate. So he's been cutting everybody, whether it's Ben Simmons, whether it's New York Knicks, or no matter who it is. 
So right now, from this point forward, uh, I would say he's a superstar for sure. Yeah, I, I gotta agree with you. So, moving from the moving from the different things as far as the teams in the finals, there's been a, like a lot of individual jabber about players, player movement, different movement of things. I mean, let's start with Ben Simmons. I mean, I don't I don't know, man. I, I gotta say, like Ben Simmons been in the league four or five years now. I really haven't seen that much improvement from where he was when he first got there. Maybe a little bit, but not a lot. And I don't think like, in this day's NBA, you can have somebody on the court that's just not going to take shots or not even attempt shots or anything like that. So, I mean, and he, in the, like the last couple of games, he looked a little shell-shocked. I mean, if you're Philly, do you keep Ben Simmons or do you, you package him away? And if you're going to trade Ben Simmons, what type of player would you could you get back that would actually help you that getting rid of Ben Simmons wouldn't hurt you? I would look to trade him if I'm Philly um, while he still has some value. He can't go through another season the way he did um, this year. Granted, he wasn't horrible during the regular season. He kind of got exposed again in the playoffs. That seems to be his thing these last few seasons is uh, getting exposed in the playoffs. I know Rudy Gobert is kind of like the same way. When it comes to the playoffs, these guys kind of regress. But I would look to trade him. I like the idea. I'm not sure Portland would do it, but I like the idea of this, the whole C.J. McCollum rumor that was out there of dumping uh, Ben Simmons. Because McCollum could create his own shot. So I think he would kind of work well with Embiid um, and the guys they have over there. But yeah, I, I would look to trade him from Philly and see what I can get before he is value is diminished even more and it's not that he's horrible but he's definitely not worth the money at least not yet that they paid him so you got to trade him to me before his value gets even worse and if he ends up developing that jump shot then so be it but I think you can get decent enough value for him where at the very least you got to look into it you got to throw his name out there and see what you can get in return you know, sometimes in sports, we could be prisoners of the moment, so to speak. Uh, ben Simmons is, is, is a very good player. Outside of the offense, he can rebound, he can defend, he has good court vision, he can pass. Um, that being said, you know, this is disappointing how he performed in the fourth quarter in the last second game because the whole series just against uh, Atlanta. And like Kenyatta uh, said, he hasn't improved. And some guys so talented don't need to improve, which doesn't really make no sense. But he's, he's a guy who comes to a court every game with 10 rebounds and 10 assists. Yeah. Every game. At least, at least 70 games out of 82 for sure. That's just tell you how good Ben Simmons is. Yeah. Um, but what I've seen from the series is that he struggled to score even in the paint. Yeah. Either as well. He, he couldn't even. Actually, no moves, even, even the floaters, the little, little hook shots. No, no one was going either. Some of them look like kind of bricks too, as well, to be so close yeah. to the rim. So, um, you know, but I don't feel sorry for him. You know, you know, you've been in five, six years before Kobe Bryant passed away. He, he said, you need to work on this and that to go to another level. So, Kobe Bryant to mention your name and say, listen, Kenyatta Arena, we got to work on this, you'll be another level. Why not, yeah. why not do it? You yeah. know, why not take Kobe Bryant's advice? See, you know yeah. what? Brian said, if I do this, you know what? Work, work on my game. And not, not Ben Simmons, though. It takes him to get embarrassed in, in, in the semifinals of the, the, the playoffs. And honestly, too, the Philly fans are rough. 
They're worse than us, man. They don't want him over here no more. No. So, so for them to keep him, it's going to take a lot, and he better show up that jump shot. Day <laughs> one of next season if they do keep him, man. Right now, the three fans don't want him around, man. They don't want him around. And he, he shot like a historic low from the free throw line too. It's not like yeah. we're on the shoot top of that. Right. Hit, hit, hit your free throws and a mid-range jumper. I'm not expecting him to come back and be, you know, a, a three-point threat. But at the very least, you got to knock down free throws and an occasional mid-range. And you gotta be, on, on top of that, you got to be willing to shoot the ball. We all know yeah. about the infamous dunk that he didn't do. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand. Hey, yo, <laughs> was right there. You're supposed to slam that. He's six, six nine. You got muscles on top of muscles. And you see Trey Young coming over and you don't slam it. Trey Young not doing anything in that situation. <laughs> I would have tried I to Trey Young. I'm sorry. Hey, I'm sorry. I watched that <laughs> play. Video, still pitches, behind the basket, <laughs> other side of court, other side of the arena. Anyway, you think of, I've seen that. And Trey did not do anything but taking the ball and inbounding the ball. Yeah. After a dunk. Well, he dunking it or laying up. He was going through his mic. That play alone showed that he would checked out mentally from an offensive point. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody can call that play out in in the conference after the game. He said he felt that's where where they lost the game at. Indeed. Well, right. He, yeah. His his Ben Simmons' confidence was gone. He was shot. Exactly. Him. And it, it exactly. was funny because it, it was like. It, when he came in, like they hyped him up to defend. He gonna shut Trey Young down and all this stuff. And when that didn't work out, it seemed like he took a smack. And then these other dudes started talking to him, Collins and all of them. Collins coming to the press conference with the t-shirt on and stuff. I think they kind of took away his heart too. Yeah, yeah. I would say too in today's NBA, like individual one-on-one defense isn't isn't as important as it used to be because they're only gonna pick pick you off, right? They're only gonna right. run screen and roll on you all day. So Ben Simmons is a great on-ball defender. All, all they kept doing is bringing, you know, their bigs out, right? Have Capella, whoever it is, set a screen. Now Trey Young is mismatched on somebody else. Yeah. Ben Simmons doesn't even get the opportunity to guard him one-on-one. No, not not really. Like, it, I mean, years ago, you could look at the way they used to do it, but they don't do that anymore. Like, if Ben Simmons picked them up full court or something, and try to. I don't even think he could do that either. Pick him up and put pressure on him full court. So I think he'd be one move away. This guy make one move and blow the whole defense up. So it, it's it's kind of tough, especially like these mixed matchup defenders. Now don't get me wrong, Ben Simmons is a great defender, but I don't even him. I still know. I don't know if I just have him putting on quick point guards and stuff like that. That's not necessarily like that's the matchup they needed him for that particular series, but that's not the best matchup for him either. Mm-hmm. And Philly's biggest problem is their best defenders have no offense, so you can't even put them all out there on the court. Like Thibault is a, a hell of a defender too, but yeah. you can't have him and Ben Simmons on the court at the same time because now you got all this defense where nobody can score. Right. You yeah. got to mismatch those two together periodically. You can't play them extended minutes. Well, it makes it tough. Harris, I don't know what he was doing out there. He he didn't look shook to me, but he wasn't playing like his his normal self either. They, they seem confused. They seem, they whole, whole team seemed, everybody except for Embiid seemed like they were confused. 
And then it seemed like to me at some point he almost checked out too. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one person who was watching that series saying I told you was probably Jimmy Butler. Right? Because that's part of the reason why Jimmy Butler supposedly left is Ben Simmons. He couldn't reach him in terms of getting him to put in the work. Yeah, man. It's lost. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be, it's, I think it's going to, Ben. I think if I was Ben Simmons, I might want to leave too, like Theo was saying with the Philly fans. It might be time for both sides to part ways, you know, for the best for everybody because. Like you said, if he get out there in the first game and he can't hit shots, or he's they're gonna crucify. So. Yeah, he, he he may have a couple of years, you know, go slide over to the Orlando Magic for two or three years and develop your jump shot where nobody really cares over there too much. But Philly, New York, Chicago, these these are tough crowds, you know. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you're making maximum money. Yeah, he take a shot in the fourth quarter over four four games or whatever it is. That something is wrong. I, I tell you what, and that's CJ McCollum deal. I bet you that they're gonna want more than Ben Simmons. <laughs> you gonna get Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey, not just Ben Simmons. I'm not just taking Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum straight up or pick or something. Because right now Ben Simmons is not at a high point, a high trading point. Yeah, his value is down right now. Yeah, I definitely down right now. And, uh, and what you should do is uh, take um, the offer of my mobile view roof offer. Teach him how to shoot, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you know, there's no way he could go into you know this off season and not work on that jump shot. He comes. Nobody's expecting him realistically to come back as a knockdown shooter. But next season, no matter where he's playing. Next season, he has to be able to hit, or at least be willing to take jump shots. You gonna laugh? You know who he should watch? It, it sounds crazy. He should watch Giannis. Giannis is fairly decent at those those mid range now. He don't. Mm -hmm. He's not a three point shooter, but he'll hit a couple occasionally. But he's not afraid to shoot them at this point. Right. So and plus, uh, like with Giannis, the thing is, like we were saying before, the team is kind of like built around them, so they have the perimeter shooters. Whereas Ben Simmons, he's a, a better slasher, but even that, he was almost like he was scared to do that because he didn't want to get fouled. So he was afraid to slash to the basket, but Ben Simmons would need a team of shooters around him and, and play that Giannis type of role where you just open it up, right? And give him the whole middle of the court to try to drive. If they cut him off, then he's kicking it out to a shooter. But that can't work that pairing with him and Embiid, the way it's currently constructed, because Embiid, remember, complained when he got moved down on the perimeter. Yeah. And rightfully so, right? Because you move him back down low if you're Doc Rivers, and now Embiid is in the MVP conversation, right? Most of the season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's just, a, it's just a weird pairing between those two, Ben Simmons and, and Embiid. And that's mostly due to Ben Simmons' lack of a jump shot. Yeah. I got I got one last thing on Ben Simmons, and this is scary. Before the season started, Philly wouldn't trade for Harden because they didn't want to include Ben Simmons. Think about that. Right now, listen. Right now, somebody' job might be at stake. Elton Brand. Yeah, Elton. Yeah, I won't trade Ben Simmons for James Harden. Okay. Yeah, right now the whole trust the process throughout the entire process. The only main play they got out of it was Embiid so far. Yeah. So we heard we we got a couple of other guys that was in that that we have different things going on. I mean 
this playoffs, we've seen Donovan Mitchell put up good numbers. We see Devin Booker continue to put up great numbers and stuff. Let's start with Donovan Mitchell. Um, I, 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 it's mind-boggling that somebody, don't get me wrong, I like Donovan Mitchell. He's a, a New York kid, everything. But to say Donovan Mitchell is the best player to ever play in the Utah Jazz history, <laughs> I, I can't go with that one. No, not at all. <laughs> I guess uh, Carl Malone, Stockton, Mark, you know, Eaton, all these guys, I guess they never existed. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's good. I love him, like you say, he's from New York, but he's not even in the conversation right now for, for top player in jazz history. Yeah, well said, I can't add more to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about it. We took him out, Carl Malone, as a top 10 player of all time. Not not the Jazz, of the mm -hmm. whole NBA. You trying to say Donovan Mitchell is in the top 10 of the NBA history right now? Yeah, he's better. Yeah, I thought that statement was crazy. I don't, I, I mean, at this point, I don't even know, I wouldn't even necessarily say Donovan Mitchell's a superstar. I think he's an all-star. I think he does a lot of volume shooting, like, you know, he takes a lot of shots to get a lot of points. But you think he's a superstar, Donovan Mitchell? It, it's, 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 yeah, I think to me, he's on the I'm a superstar, yes. Yeah, I think he's borderline. Um, I'm leaning towards him being one simply because that, that Utah Jazz team for, for most of the year was the best team in the league, at least yeah. record-wise. But I'm not willing to call him one just yet. I think he's borderline. I wouldn't be upset with other people calling him one. Yeah, I wouldn't be upset with it. Calling one yet myself. Uh, I won't be mad, like you guys said. If somebody said he is or not, I think what happened during the series is that he missed Mike Conley really because now he didn't want to talk about. So you know, certainly the position that he's not really familiar with, let alone play that position in the, in the playoffs. You know, it's kind of tough, yeah. actually. You know, so I think kind of I think that really hurt him too as well. I think he, I think his question uh, dropped too as well. Yeah, the first, yeah. The first, first one, he wilded out dramatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah he So he had a big drop off from there. That's that's playing playing golf, which which is not trying to others involved. No one to shoot. Yeah. They're over half the ball. Yeah, so, that showed a lot during the season when I had my college. Yeah, sure. I, I agree with that. It's, 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 it was tough for him. Yeah, it was tough. So him well, being so back from injury. Yeah, you're right. And he was coming back from injury, so he had a lot of things working against him. Right. But, I do think he. I do think he was him. He. He definitely. He's definitely the superstar of that team, and he. He definitely will be there. Right. Um, Booker. I mean, I, I, to me, to me, sometimes it looks like Booker plays better when Chris Paul's not there. To me, mm -hmm. when Chris Paul's not there, he plays better. But um, I think I think Booker Booker could be a superstar. I think think he he maybe, but I think. I think he's got a lot of help. Like it, 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 when we watched the Suns, it didn't seem like he had a lot of help, but his supporting cast is a little better than what people give him credit for. Maybe right. Like Aiton is pretty good. Bridges is pretty good. All those guys, like when you watch the game, those guys seem everybody can score on that team. Jay Carter, yeah, yeah. Like Cam Johnson, all those guys can score points. The left-handed point guard, uh, Cameron Payne, right? Yeah. Now, coming into the season, their supporting cast, like you said, on paper, I wasn't sold on them, but as the season went on, those guys proved themselves. Yeah, but they seem like, 
I would say for me, I think Devin Book is a superstar. But I, I agree with what you said also that he plays better, I think, without CP3. The CP3 is very ball dominant and Booker needs that ball in his hands. But Booker's more of a shot creator. He doesn't need you to set him up. And CP3's whole thing is to pound, pound the ball, dribble a clock out, and then dish off or, or hit that little mid-range shot. So I think he kind of sort of slows down the pacing, but I think at the same time, he does provide a bunch of leadership that that team yeah. too. So yeah. I'm like, you know, twofold with, with CP3 adds and takes away from that team. I will call Devin a superstar. He's, he's, he's showed enough to me to, to elevate his status as a superstar. Um, it's kind of tough to say that um, to be I guess, holding him back or it pays better because, you know, he had to be the whole season up until the playoff time when he got hurt. So it's kind of tough to go to agree with you on that point. Um, but it's fair to understand because, you know, it was a game that um, he was out. He played pretty good with Cameron Payne, was born out of his mind. You know, and he had a, 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 that's a more fast-paced offense. Then now, to be more and more, a little more methodical here and there. But uh, whether it was whether have CBT or Cameron Payne, and then Booker's still a, a very good player. It's all about him not set for his jump shot, but he does a lot. Obviously, I guess had the rim a little more than usual. You know, sometimes I give credit to uh, Pat Beverly, man, my man Bed Bug. You know what I'm saying? He's doing pretty good. With him. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm not really a big, a big fan of his, though, but I give him his props, though. He, he's, uh, he's playing well defensively on, on Booker, making make it work for it as well. So. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at this, we'll say, but again, you know, this seems to be a, a year by year thing or something. Do we think uh I me personally, I, I don't put the Clippers bosses on all Paul, Paul George, all of them, but he seems to be again somewhat the goat in a lot of this different stuff with the with the Clippers. I mean, Kawhi's not there. I mean, he's put up statistically. I don't see where people can say he's the goat. Like, with, not the good way he, where he's basically the guy killing him, whatever, with it statistic wise. But I mean, I know he had one gaffe that cost him. But do you guys think that um, that Paul George was him is is was him letting these guys down again in the playoffs? I don't think so. Like you said, missing Kawhi, who's really the guy who who was supposed to be the number one option on the team. Um, with PG-13, the second option, missing your number one option is a big deal, you know. And uh, Paul George, he's missed some big free throws in, in both these these last two games, which probably cost them the games. But at the same time, with, without him, I don't even know if they're in that position, right, where those free throws even matter. Granted, he's taking a high, like it's high volume score and he's taking a million shots to get his points, but... I don't know if he doesn't do that. I don't know who else on that team to score. I like Reg- what Reggie Jackson is giving him. But beyond Reggie Jackson creating for himself and, and Paul George, who else is creating shots? I know Terrence Mann got hot a little bit there in the playoffs. He had a, a, a nice run, but I don't know who could create their own shot on that team. So he's missed some big shots, but without him, I don't think they're even in position um, to be in these close games. Uh, the, the criticism of Paul George is definitely fair, only because he feels he's that guy. He always says in an interview, he feels he's that guy. He feels he could, he feels he could be a Batman, so to speak. Always have that mentality all, all along before he went to the Clippers. 
and uh, yeah, opportunity to you know, I guess showcasing now with Kawhi being out, that may be a game or two, I guess showing it. But you know, last few games with the free throw line, he, he, didn't, he didn't come through. Last night he was, he was five for twenty-four, one, one for nine for three-point range, missing key free throws consecutively. When the Suns trying to get the game away, you know, so so the uh, the hatred is warranted, and it's only because he feels he's that guy. He feels he, he's a, he's a top tier Batman kind of guy who can lead a team. And uh, so far, man, so far he, he has shown that he can do a, more more than he can. Yeah, I, I, you know what? That's a point point well taken. Like he hasn't come up in the big moments that they need him. The games haven't been blowouts. They've all been with the reach. And at different points, they could have used him to step up, and it just hasn't happened. And honestly, too, I mean, add on too. Listen, Reggie Jackson has reemerged, man. I see him make more big oh, yeah. shots than yeah. Paul George. Honestly, one game the young kid won for them when he won, he went out of his mind. Yep. Yeah. And then, and, and uh, Reggie Jackson arguably been more consistent than Paul George, believe it or not. I see him make some real big shots when he needed shots or. Back-to-back threes. I mean, Reggie Jackson's really been doing his thing, man. Yeah. This, yeah, he, he's playing himself into a nice payday, that's for sure. Reggie yeah, this has been good for him. Yeah, this has been a real good good, play, good playoffs for him. Mm-hmm. And he always could ball. It just was whether he could stay healthy or not, Reggie Jackson. Right, right. Yeah, that is true. But, you know, I've, I've seen, for what I recall right now, off my head, I I, 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 could, I could see, what I recall, I should say, uh, Reggie Jackson. Making more shots than a PG thirteen. Yeah, I can yeah, playing well. I can see that. So in the NBA, we've had a bunch of different coaching changes and a bunch of different rumors. We got Jason Kidd now, the coach of the Dallas Mavericks. We got uh, Billups, who's supposed to be a coach of um, the Trailblazers. We got. Uh, the ex-Dallas coach, I forget the name, of the coach of the Pacers. Carlisle, right? Carlisle's the coach of the Pacers. And we still got an interesting, you know, a couple of jobs out there, an interesting candidate like Becky Hammond and different, um, Dawn Staley and people out there possibly for for jobs. Um, for me, I think from a fit perspective, I, I, I mean, I have to say I like Carlisle on Indiana. I think that's a good one. Um... I think, listen, I think some of the other ones, listen, I'll let you guys talk talk a little more about because I'm not too sure about some of these other parents or something, just from, like, the past performance and, and what I think the teams need. Uh, Jason Kidd, for me, I never really – he wasn't horrible, but I, I never been huge on Jason Kidd in terms of coaching when he was with the Nets. I wasn't a huge fan of his. Uh, again, he's not terrible, but I don't know if he would have been my top choice. But I guess it's one of those, he has that relationship, right, with the organization over there in Dallas, having played for them, right, to start his career, et cetera. And plus, he, I, I would imagine they're looking at him as maybe like the point guard whisperer, right? So maybe he could elevate, I don't even know how that's possible, but maybe he could elevate <laughs> the game to an even higher level, um, if that's even possible. So I could see why they went that route, given his history with the team, point guard maybe he can elevate Luca and so that one all right I get it um Carlisle's like you said I kind of sort of get his um I think Indiana could use some of that I guess discipline so to speak and they're one of those type of teams already I think the other guy who they had though went overboard with it it seems like 
So I wasn't surprised to see him get let go. Um, in regards to like Becky Hammond, Staley, I would love to see it. It seems like they're, they're both um, like good coaches. It doesn't come across to me like, oh, we got to get one of them in just to get a female coach in the league. I think both of them have put in the time. They seem like they're good coaches. So I would love to see one of them get an opportunity. I know Penny supposedly too on, on Orlando side, Penny supposedly emerged as like a serious candidate. And I forgot about Yudoka with the Celtics. With the Celtics, yeah. His, I, I believe he has a good relationship from my understanding with um, Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum. So I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. They, they had some input there. So I don't mind that one either. It's just gonna be interesting as to, I know he's Yudoka, comes from kind of sort of like a long line, like wasn't he part of the Popovich thing? So he should be on paper well well schooled, you know, so that might not be bad. Overall, I think the coaching changes are pretty good. The only thing I would say is um, I would like to see some more like fresh blood get in there too, because I, I think a lot of these teams just keep shuffling the same the same coaches around instead of going with new talent. So I would like to see a little more new talent um, get opportunities. But other than that, I don't think I'm too upset with any of the, of the coaching changes that, that happened. Uh, I'm not too uh, upset with any hirings. You know, Zudoka, he's a, a guy that paid his dues seven years with Spurs, one year with two, one years other other places. So, and plus he had been circling for the last two, three years as far as the head coach. So he got, he got his chance. Kind of strange that he ended up Portland because he's, he's a, a Portland born and raised kind of guy. So you think of Portland knows him very well. Was playing Denny's in his days out, you know, painters do. Maybe Portland give him a chance he's a home guy. So, um, but Celtics made a good move. You know, he has a familiarity with uh, Michael, uh, Marcus Smart and Tatum and Brown as, uh, as we said previously. So well, he's good with uh, relations. But I think you see Rudy Gay came out too as well in Boston too. So uh, that's, that's, that's a good hire for you, though. He's a young guy. Maybe, maybe he could relate more to Boston's uh, big two, so to speak. Chauncey uh, Billups, I mean, Chauncey Billups is a champion. He's been, been around the game for a long period of time. You know, he's been an analyst on ESPN. So I'm quite sure he had a lot of footage, breaking down plays, games, and, and other things. He can add to his game. He can add to his, his resume, so to speak, until he gets a uh, coaching uh, experience, a coaching coach opening. And, uh, you know, Maybe he could reach out to Dan Blunt, man. You know, listen. Maybe Dan Blunt will respect him more. He's a champion. He's well. He's well. Well liked. Very good player in the league when he played. So uh, you know, I'm not mad at Portland hiring Chauncey Billups. He, he he deserved it. He paid his dues, like that, so to speak. And um, Carlisle speaks for himself. He's a good coach. He, he could be my head coach right now if I wanted to. So yeah. uh, you know, I ain't mad with Carlisle at all. Penny Hardaway, uh, that, that's pretty cool. I mentioned, I mentioned that a few shows ago about Penny Hardaway could be going to Orlando. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, Orlando, why not? Now you got a young team. I'm quite sure he could go through those young players like, uh, you know, the big tall guy, Mo, Bam, Mo Bamba, maybe Koyaki, yeah. you know, so why not? But he's well known in, in that area anyway, so I wouldn't mind seeing that happen. Um, as far as Becky Hammonds, she, she paid her dues, so did um, Dawn Stillman. So you can't really go wrong hiring any two females to be head coach. I think Becky may have the edge based on her already being in NBA for a period of time, whereas uh, Dawn has been in, in uh, the college uh, level for as far as culture-wise. But, you know, I, I think edge going Becky because she's been around the men, so to speak, so she has a better grasp 
of the uh, NBA style more than on guard, but both of you could hire for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, I look at it like you said, you know, Becky Hammond, she got, you know, listen, I mean, that pop up his coaching tree helps out a lot. He let her coach the, um, coach yeah. the, the Summer League team and the G League team home, so that helps out a lot. You do, you do, because relationships help. Um, you look at it, Chauncey Billups could probably help Damian Lillard because I think maybe there might be a leadership issue over there or something. Sure. Where, you know, yeah, I, I, I think so. I think I think Dame gets his numbers and CJ gets his numbers, but I don't see who, you know who gets the other guys involved, you know, or, or gets the team going. They just a bunch of guys that play together. And you know, then, crazy though, regarding uh, the whole Chauncey Billups thing is. Um, on social media and all over the media, there's rumblings that 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 hiring, not that uh, not that upset Dame, but he didn't like being associated with it. Like people saying he pushed for it and stuff like that, and they're saying that that could potentially drive him to ask for a trade. I mean, I that think hiring, he, like being associated with the hiring, as if he's the one who was behind the scenes pushing for it. They said in his uh. Is um like he's not sure whether Portland could build a, a competing roster in the West. So right now, if you look all over social media, you see a bunch of Dame like in, in Knicks jerseys. That rumor is flying heavy right now. I gotta tell you, Dame Dame's got a lot of stuff going on right now. Cause remember, before it was the Chauncey Billups thing, it was the Jason Kidd thing. You know what he very similar, yeah. Yeah. So to to me. I'd rather him just man up and say, I don't want to be there. Yeah, just ask out. Just game. ask out because all of this stuff that's going on, or oh, they said I said this and I said this and stuff. I mean, he it, made I, you, you can't, you got to realize this. When you leave a team and you were the star, you can't expect to not be the villain. He's trying to get out of there and still be a nice guy to Portland. They're going to hate so, you either yeah. way. Yeah, I think leave, so. They'll love, you, they'll love you when you go to retire. But yeah, he wants he wants the team to take it on top of the head for him leaving and he leave unscathed. So you wanna go. Say you wanna yeah, go. Thank you. I don't I, even I, tell you the I, truth. I don't even think Portland will mind him saying he wants to go. And it's not about yeah. he got a figure. He's a max player, he's not gonna win with him. They're probably if, if he's going, they'll probably give it a CJ two and just blow the whole thing up. Right now, you right now, you're going to tell me that if they wanted to. I mean, everybody thinks you're supposed to trade a guy where you want to go. You know what? I trade him where I want to where I want to get the picks. Then you'll be the star OKC. Now, that's saying. I have a bunch of picks and all same stuff. But wherever I can get the most for Dane is where Dane will go. Like with the Knicks, they're saying the Knicks may be willing to give up three or four first rounders. Obi Toppin, maybe RJ Barrett. I mean, if you're looking to rebuild, the Knicks sound like they're willing to overpay to get him. If you're going to give up our, our, well, all deals, I think, revolve around the Knicks start with three guys. R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, and Mitchell Robinson. Listen, those are the three guys that, remember, the Knicks went that far without Mitch, so they can kind of, if they needed to, deal without him. Obi, you know, he's young and you don't really know exactly what you got with him, but he's never going to play over Randall, so that's, you know, he'll be sitting forever. And Barrett is the number three pick with enough talent that people to pique people's interest. The rest of the roster, guys, you have to keep, and guys that are not, you know, guys you have to keep, and guys you're not gonna, that's not signed. So they're not gonna want the guys you don't want. Nobody's gonna want Neil Keita, 
um, the, the point guard that's going to be playing. Yeah, nobody's going to want those guys. And the other guys, they could sign them, like like guys like Bullock and um, the other Those guys would be free agents, so if they really want them, they could get them without dealing with you. So, realistically, every deal is going to probably be built around R.J. Barrett, R.J. Barrett picks and topping. But, I, I mean, yeah, if they can pull that off, I don't think it's a bad, I don't think it's a bad deal either way. I mean, I think I think it'll be a good deal for the next two. I, I think Dame needs to just, like you said, man up, ask out, and then Portland needs to just blow it up. Because right now they're not. I don't think they the way they're constructed. They're not coming out of the West, and I don't think they have enough money. Nor can they really attract like a big free agent, even if they did have the money. These guys don't don't want to go play in Portland, you know. Portland right now is not a, an attractive spot for these free agents. Well, they got a lot of money tied up. They don't have a bunch of cap space. They got Nurkic, right, who's pretty good, but he's eating up cap space. Yeah. Name we know is getting paid. CJ is getting paid. I mean, if I'm, if I'm, um, if I'm Portland and I, and I can do it, I try to get the Knicks to do a three-way deal. Because if you look at the drive, there's some point guards that you can get in there that can start right now. You go out there and draft one of those dudes. Let Dame go on, put the franchise in this kid's hands. You got Phillips. You get a couple other young players, like you got the guy Simmons on the bench that he doesn't get to play. You got Nasir Little from from North Carolina that people forgot he even existed. He's on the roster. Mm-hmm. So they got some young players that just never get to play because you're signing people like Derek Jones. I mean, what was he going to do? If you're now, let me ask you this: If you're Portland, right, and Dane comes, he says he wants out, and you take one of these deals. At that point, that C.J. McCollum for Ben Simmons thing doesn't look too bad, because at well, least, like Ben Simmons, at least has a name already, right? Well, you got to think about these deals first, because you got to decide. Really, it will be with the general manager and Phillips, because you got to decide how you want to play. So if you bring in Ben Simmons, you're going to have to commit to Ben Simmons being the point guard, not a forward, because he can't do anything else. So you can't have him out there. He can't be in any role where he's expected to score points. Yeah, that's true. So you, everybody else on that team is going to have to be guys that can score. So he, like, I wouldn't draft a point guard and sign trade for Ben Simmons. There's mm. no way I would do that. Right. Yeah, you just, like the Ben Simmons thing is just basically you looking for another face of the franchise and he just so happened to be there. Like R.J. Barrett is good, but R.J. Barrett right now, you can't really sell him as the face of a franchise. No. He may be be better than Ben Simmons today, right now. He'll be up. He isn't as good, but his offense is certainly much further along. Oh, yeah. He's a a little younger, right? What is he, 20 years old? Ben Simmons is 24. So... But Ben Simmons, I think, given that he's been to a couple of All-Star games and stuff like that, he's an easier sell as a as a face of a franchise. So if you're Portland, you may want to bring somebody in. But to me, I don't know if I go that route just simply because of the cap space. He messes up some of your flexibility. Yeah, if you bring back, but I, you know what? I would, I'd maybe do it, but you'd have to, as much as they don't want to, if you put Tyrese Maxey in that deal, I'd do it. Yeah, because he's another young guy, right? Who who has, you know, a ton of potential. Yeah. So, Portland. Going cheap. Yeah. Yeah, Portland. I think they should blow it up regardless whether Dame was asking for for a trade to get out of there or not. I think they should have been looking to move him. 
And obviously, I'm a I'm a huge Dame fan, but they're not gonna win with him. No, no, they're not, not, and not at this point. I mean, so many other teams got better. Remember, Denver was still playing real well, and Jamal Murray was out. What happens when Jamal Murray comes back? So there's a lot of teams that are gonna prove, you know, improve just by. I mean, I don't think Anthony Davis is gonna be hurt all next year. <laughs> you know, and squeezed into the playoffs, right? Let's not forget that. Yeah, early got you in. You gotta remember, they were in that whole play-in thing, and they they got in. Well, think of it this way: you got teams that was on the fringe that got high draft picks. So Memphis is not gonna get any worse. Golden State, I'm sure, is coming back, right? Hopefully, Clay yeah. Thompson is healthy, so they're going to be a different team. They got another, another decent pick, right? They got two. They got two. They got two in the top ten, right? Yeah, two in the top ten. Yeah, they definitely got two lottery picks, right? So they got two lottery picks. Clay Thompson, hopefully coming back healthy. Wiseman with a year under his belt. Wiseman, yeah. Green, Wiggins. I mean, they got some, they they got some players on that they, roster. They're they're gonna be a, a, a decent team again. So yeah. Boston, yeah, I think they just need to blow it up, go completely, you know, young, and just wait out some of these other teams. Eventually, LeBron James will slow down a bit, right? And, I think that might start happening already. Right, Steph Curry's in his early thirties, so you go young and just wait out those teams. Bro. It's, it's funny you mentioned those two guys because I, there's a rumor floating around of LeBron James trying to recruit Steph Curry. I mean, listen, I, I, I'm gonna tell you, I, I like LeBron James, right? But everybody get everybody puts a lot of pressure, a lot of heat on all these other guys. LeBron James is the originator of teaming up with people. Now he's trying to recruit Steph Curry, and first of all, Steph Curry left Golden State to go to the Lakers. You know what I would tell LeBron? I'll play with you if you leave there to go to Golden State. You and Anthony Davis leave and go to Golden State, and I'll play with you. But there's no way I'm leaving Golden State with a chance where I can play my whole career, already won championships and MVPs, to go play with LeBron. And plus, how much money? Because he's up for that Supermax. Yeah, he's the first person ever to get two Supermax deals from a team. I'm going to leave that to go play in L.A. just because it's L.A. And who's LeBron? Yeah, who does that benefit? That doesn't benefit him, and that benefits LeBron. There's no benefit for Steph Curry leaving to go there. Steph Curry's got, what, one championship loss? LeBron's got more losses than wins? Yeah, it would be entertaining to see, but if I'm Steph Curry, I'm not the one that's that's going over there to make it happen. No. No. Maybe after this deal or something, you know? If we're we're both in our late thirties and we still want to play together, we're still in the league. I, I consider it, but I'm not leaving two hundred and something million on the table. Yeah, so I could go play with so I could go play with LeBron. Yeah, that that's just not gonna happen. That that doesn't make a lot of sense to me at all. Now, I didn't read the quote, but supposedly the the Warriors owner made some statements saying that if Steph wanted to to leave, then you know basically he's he's earned that right to to do whatever he wants. But I, I didn't see it, but supposedly he said something like that. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Then they had some other rumors floating out there, but the Nets and Kyrie trading Kyrie, that's never gonna happen either. They trade Kyrie, you might as well start breaking up that team already, because you're gonna end up with Kevin Durant, disgruntled, James Harden. Those guys were saying the guys those guys are there 
playing together because they want to play together. And that's what they want. They, they were saying that uh, they could potentially look to bring Westbrook over there and reunite the, the old KC uh, team. That would be entertaining, yeah. <laughs> at the very least, to see those three come back together, but in a Nets uniform. I'll tell you this, this guy made a mistake because they tried to get Sergi Baca to go there. Yeah, that's right. Plus, isn't he may be available again, right? I don't think he signed a long-term deal with the Clippers. Yeah, he'll be available again because I don't think the well he didn't have to play. Yeah, yeah, the Clippers not gonna keep him, so he'll he'll be available. So it, it'll be interesting. I mean, going going through looking at it, we look at the um the rosters and different stuff. After was after the Nets loss, listen, I, I thought about it, and listen, I as much as I wanted to see the Nets go to the championship. I think with the the health status and the way KD played and stuff, I think this year I'll give him a I'll give him a pass just because I don't think Kevin Durant could have did any more than what he did. And James Harden, Kyrie was out, and James Harden was a shell of himself. So if you think about KD playing with those guys, that was like the same thing as basically like KD playing with next to nobody. Yeah, all he needed, all KD needed was was at least one of them to be healthy, somewhat healthy. Like you said, James Harden was gimpy and Kyrie was out. If he would have had at least a somewhat healthy James Harden, then I think they would have been in the finals. Yeah, yeah. I still think they need to sort out their big man rotation. Yeah. But at at times, Claxton played well, then they just kind of went away from him. I didn't see him. Jordan, uh, I, I didn't think he was terrible. He kind of like just fell out of favor. I don't even know who their bigs were in the playoffs. They kind of went small ball, or I don't know what they were doing in terms of big. Yeah, I think they were playing Blake Griffin and Jeff Blake Griffin and Jeff Green at the center. Yeah, I think they could have used um, Claxton out there for high energy. Even Jordan, maybe. Because I don't know Jordan's skills really. He's not the same from when he was with the Clippers, but I don't think his skills diminished that much you know when he was to start the season he played well for them I thought I think I think to me I think part of them losing too was some of Steve Nash's inexperience because I do think that DeAndre Jordan could have did, did just as well defending Giannis knowing that Giannis is going to run to the basket like if Giannis wasn't going to back him down that wasn't going to happen so yeah that's true I think that was in like that if he would have played more in the rotation I would have yeah, Claxton might have had to sacrifice during that time, but he should have played at least against the Bucs. There's no way that he should have not played. And I thought Giannis was able to, even though Griffin is a strong dude, I thought Giannis was able to kind of like muscle up with him a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if that would have worked with DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. So that, that, that I thought was a bad decision. So I think some of this stuff that Steve Nash has learned, you know, experience learned. So Jordan was right. Plus, you can't even make the argument in terms of Blake Griffin. Yeah, he could spread the floor a little bit more than than uh, Jordan, but you can't even make the argument that he's better finishing around the rim no. than Jordan. No, I think Jordan could still finish better than Blake. Oh yeah, at this point, Jordan's a much better f- finisher, a and better rebounder too, and a better shot blocker. Yeah, rebounder, shot blocker, and finisher. So I don't know about that that decision. I think he, uh, he became, which granted, he did play well, but I think he kind of became Steve Nash, that is, became obsessed with Bruce Brown, too. 
Yeah. Bruce Brown played well, but at one point, Bruce Brown was starting. Yeah, and some of the other guys, like, yeah. his rotation, some of the guys he put in, I, I, like, he was committed to playing small for some reason. Like, I don't know why a guy like Tyler Johnson would even get into a game. You, you understand? Yeah, it's not that he's a bad player, but I couldn't see in the playoffs at that point what who minutes, you know, where Tyler Johnson should be in. Yeah, so. this, this is a guy who barely played in the regular season. Now you're going to throw him out there in the in the playoffs? Yeah. I, yeah. Joe Harris seemed to be a bit off, too. He, he yeah. did down the jumpers the way he normally does. Yeah, he didn't play well at all. So I, I don't understand just understand that one. Um, I'm hearing the, some of the, the Knicks got possible eyes on Jalen Brunson and Andrew Wiggins. I didn't hear about the Wiggins one, but I wouldn't be upset. I like Wiggins, you know. I mean, for me, up to the whole LeBron James type of hype, but I, I, I like Wiggins. Would you listen? Would you, would you give it a Wiggins? Would you give it a Barrett for Wiggins? Because I don't know if you can have Barrett and Wiggins both on the court at the same time. I may consider it. Reason being is, um, like if I'm Tibbs, right? Yeah. not trying to wait for development. We all know yeah. that. Tibbs is not a guy who's... So, R.J. Barrett has potential to be great. Um, yeah. But Tibbs, I don't know how much Tibbs is going to want to wait for these guys. So, if yeah, I'm still the contender now, I want Wiggins, I want Julius Randle. <laughs> I want guys who've been in the league for a couple of seasons. Um, yeah. Tibbs. Other than that, I probably wouldn't do it, but given that Tibbs is the coach, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that trade. Either that or that's probably why they're looking at Kelly Oubre, who I do like. Yeah. I think he struggled over there at Golden State, especially for like his jump shot, but I like Oubre. He's a, a talented guy. He's still relatively young, but he, he has experience. Yeah. I think Tibbs is looking for. I but think yeah, I like Wiggins. Those guys like Wiggins and Oubre and stuff, I think the things that they have over Barrett it's just that they're able to finish through contact. Like, they don't, like, I, sometimes I think Bad is not sure of himself. He'll get to the basket and then he'll, you know, he'll slow down or turn up. These guys are trying to attack the rim every second, whatever. They might be a little more athletic than him, too. I think so, yeah. I think they're both more athletic. Barrett, I think, is, is a decent athlete, but I don't think he's as athletic as Wiggins or Oubre. I think he's a strong, a strong dude, though, Barrett. But with those other guys, at least right now, do that Barrett can't do is create a shot for himself off the dribble. Which I think from my understanding, uh, Barrett was saying that he's gonna work, that's his next phase. He knows that too. So first phase, right? First off season was work on that jump shot, which he did. He got better at the free throw line and three point line. Next phase going into this summer is to be able to shot create, make shots off the dribble. I don't know the way his, his movement is. He's not that fluent. So I don't know if he'll ever be that dude who's able to just cross you over and pull up type of thing. Whereas yeah. Wiggins can do that now. Wiggins been doing that since he came in the league. Yeah. You know, Ubre somewhat too, you know? Yeah. But I wouldn't be mad. I think you could play both of them together. Or Ubre with Barrett, Wiggins with Barrett. Because I yeah. think... Uh, Wiggins and Oubre can create shots for themselves. Yeah. I mean, the and they other don't guys, all dominate guys either. No. The other guy, I mean, I, I like these guys, listen, as players, but I'm not sold on Jalen. 
Jalen Brunson, I don't think like when I look at the NBA and I look at the players that that are successful and the way the direction they're going and they, the NBA is going, I think Jalen Brunson can be an average an average um, point guard or backup point guard. But I don't see Jalen Brunson being a like. When you look at these guys, you, even the college guys, when you see Jalen Suggs, do you see Jalen Brunson? Or when you see um, guys like um, like John Morant and the different guys he'll have to contend with, like Jalen Brunson, I, I like him, but I wouldn't put him out there as no starting point guard against some of these guys. I mean, looking at LaMelo and, and yeah, all these I mean, guys. To I me, mean, it depends on what... When I heard they were interested, like you said, in, in my mind, I said he'll be a hell of a backup. If they're interested in him as the starter, I'm not. Then I'm a little bit concerned. I wouldn't be completely upset with it if we had other moves lined up and it was like a money type of move, yeah. where we brought in a, a Ubre or we traded for Wiggins or we bought in somebody else, right? That was more expensive that ate up a lot of our cap room. And now we, we brought in Jalen Brunson to fill, fill out the rest of the, the starting lineup or something like that. But I'm definitely not going out day one of free agency and signing Jalen Brunson, you know, unless I made all my other big moves. And, and he's, like I said, the, he's just filling in. I don't, I'm not upset with the move if they make go that route, assuming we get somebody else. But if we end up with a, a Jalen Brunson as one of our main key signings of the offseason, then I think that's a disappointment for Leon Rose. That means to me he didn't deliver. Granted, I don't necessarily want him to overspend to try to make it seem like he delivered either. And what I mean by that is I'm comfortable with Lonzo Ball at around the $18, $19 million. But if you go out and you start paying Lonzo Ball $24 million or whatever, you max out Lonzo Ball, I don't know if I agree with that either. Simply because the guy... And I love Lonzo Ball, but I don't know about his aggression. You know, if I'm, I don't want another Ben Simmons. You know, if I'm going to pay you max money, I need to see you out there aggressive. The Knicks need somebody aggressive. Ben Simmons, um, we already seen where he, where he's, you know, like in the playoffs these last few seasons. So I don't want to repeat that. Give a guy a big contract. Now he's out there scared to shoot. I think Lonzo. It's a little bit better in terms of his jumper than Ben Simmons, but he kind of sort of scares me a little bit too in terms of you give him this big deal, next thing you know, he's uh, he's shying away from shooting and everything else. We don't have enough talent on the roster to bring in somebody like that at the moment for that, that huge price. I like Jalen Brunson. I like Jalen Brunson a lot. I think he's heady. He good decisions. he turn the ball over. And we don't need five all-stars, man, to win a chip. This might be heavy. We're going to run a team, make a decision. And I've seen James Brown make some big baskets, and he ain't afraid to attack that basket. He goes to the rack. Yeah, that's true. He, he goes to the rack. Um, before, probably before I was a Brunson, um, Kevin Oubre and, and, and Wiggins, you know, I like Wiggins. I like Oubre's toughness. He seems more tougher than Wiggins. Wiggins seems more and more of an explosive player, where he can put up 50 in any given night. Yeah. Will Obre might be a better shooter though, but he's more tough and he's scared of, you know, backing up for anybody. Well, I think Wiggins kind of, you know, soft a little bit, human there. But New York City is, is big time, man. This, this ain't Golden yeah. State. But I, I like, I thought Wiggins did a did a decent job by shedding that reputation a little bit because he, a lot of times this season, Wiggins picked up the best um, 
play on the offensive end in terms of on defense. Right. did a good job of, of, you know, buying in on the defense and playing tough. Granted, Kelly Oubre is the type of guy that, and I think the Knicks need those type of players where he catches a dunk, he's going to scream, he's going to bump into people, push people around. I think the Knicks need those type of players because right now I think they're a little bit too too soft in terms of that. Right. Wiggins isn't that, right? Wiggins occasionally will catch one of those highlight dunks and scream or whatever, but that's just not who he is. Whereas right. Oubre, like you said, Oubre brings that toughness. Yeah. And I think uh, I think we kind of sort of, granted, I'm glad we got quickly, but I think we kind of sort of missed that out of uh, Marcus Morris. I think he could have helped us in the playoffs this year against the Hawks, bringing that toughness. Trey yeah. Young, you know, doing all that, you know, showboat, right. shimmy shaking and all that stuff. I don't know if that would have worked, but but uh, Morris down there, you know. So that's, yeah. that's why I'm kind of not, not, not all in on Brunson, too, because adding another quiet guy to a group of quiet guys and what's in and the Knicks the Knicks you look at the roster even even Julius Randle they need athletes like they, they need hooks they need guys they need they need guys like put it this way you, I, 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 if I was going to spend money why not try to get John Collins or something if I was going to get somebody off the Pelicans roster you know who I would get Josh Hart he'll fit in perfectly with what the Knicks are trying to do that type of guy yeah, but, I think so. I mean, like you're some you're bringing some guys that that's gonna go in there. They're gonna be fiery. They can finish above the rim. I don't want to see no more running into the paint, doing all this double pumping, triple pumping, all this yeah. nonsense. Yeah, I want to see. Uh, Tyler, you're playing 25, 30 minutes. Yeah, so let's let's see somebody actually slam the basketball. And I bet you, if we looked at the statistics on the Knicks, they probably had the least, was one of those teams with the least amount of dunks in the whole league this year. And I think, uh, I think we have one of them. It's just that, unfortunately, he's kind of caught behind right now our best player, and that's Obi Toppin, right? That's why we yeah. drafted him. And, and don't get me wrong, he could create for himself or anything like that, Toppin. But one thing Toppin can do is finish. So imagine a guy like Toppin. That's why the point guard position is so important when you got a guy like Trey Young. Collins doesn't have to do much but go up there and catch it. You know, you, you give Toppin a point guard who can get into the paint and attack, Toppin will get you 18 points. Yeah. Or he, he can go up there and finish. If he can't do anything else, Toppin can catch it out too. So if you get a point guard, which is why Damian Lillard would bring out the best in a guy like that. Yeah. You know, because he's going to get into the paint, Dame. He'd be good for Mitchell Robinson too. Yeah, exactly. Those type of guys thrive with why you think Clint, Clint Capella doesn't have to do anything, right? Just go up there and catch a lob when Trey Young doesn't feel like shooting the floater. So, I mean, with those two guys, if, if you if you got a guy like a, anywhere between the one, two, or three that was a little more athletic, don't get me wrong, you don't need a whole roster of athletes, but you do need some, some like, right now, I mean, you got an athletic an athletic backup and top and you got an athletic center and I think Robinson will become the starting center again I think so anyway I'm not exactly sure but you need to put some more athletes on that roster some guys with some toughness with a little bit of fire and stuff like that to help help them out just more more tips type of guys because even if you think about it I love watching the game Derrick Rose was still one of the most athletic players on the Knicks yeah, he, he's one of the quickest. He gets to the front of the rim. He finished. I'm sure quickly he can do that too. But you need you need guys like that. And you guys were saying all oh, year, and I gotta agree. Half them point guards gotta go. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, you got Derrick Rose to keep, but every single other one that not named Derrick Rose should not be on the roster next year. Now you know why Tim won the coach of the year, right? You trotted out a lineup of Alfred Payton, who can't shoot, can't score. Reggie Bullock, right, who can shoot a little bit, but he can't really score. He can't create anything for himself. No. Then you had a combination of Mitchell Robinson, when he was out there, played, I thought, played pretty well, but he went down. So now you got Nerlens Noel and Todd Gibson. Neither they one of them right. really scored. Right? They played they play their roles okay, but they yeah. didn't really score. Then you got R.J. Barrett, who I think improved dramatically, but yeah, he didn't really create a shot for himself yet. I think Quickly is better at right now today creating a shot for himself than R.J. is. Yeah, um, he might not be a better player, but he's a better playmaker. He could create his, his shot a little better. So he, this man, Tibbs went out there with a bunch of guys who can't can't create. Burks, I think, could create a shot for himself. But like yeah. he always says, if Burks makes the first two shots, he's, he's gonna, gonna shoot. Yeah, he's gonna shoot the next ten. You know yeah. how Burks is. Well, he got a question. Uh, I heard that this guy from OKC might be available. Alexander, Shaq, Alexander. Oh, that would be nice. Get him. Yeah, yeah. Get, get him. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be, be real nice. Yeah. Right. So that being said, I want to ask you two guys' question. You got to pick one player: Lowry, Brunson, or overpay for ball. What are you doing? Uh, I'm gonna on the Knicks. I'm gonna overpay yeah. for ball. Yeah, I, I think I may overpay for ball. I like the idea of Lowry in terms of coming to a Tibbs coach team because Lowry's going to bring that toughness um, mm -hmm. that we spoke on. Lowry can actually knock down an outside shot, which Peyton couldn't do all season long. So I like that part. But I think we kind of sort of need a young, fresh point guard. Granted, I think Lowry still has a, le a lot left in the tank. But I think we need a young, dynamic like a point guard where we could say he's the point guard for the future, at least for the next three, four years. And with Lowry, we may get two out of him. And and that's about it. And I don't think our team is ready to compete for a championship yeah. in the next two years. So I yeah. think Lonzo Ball being 22, 23 years old gives us that, that point guard we need, so to speak, for the future. Plus, I think it depends on what you say overpay. I give him, if, if Lonzo is expecting, let's say, 20 million, that's the going rate for him, I may give him 21, let's say. Maybe. Yeah, I'm not giving him 25. That's yeah, exactly. Going I ain't going that high. I let What's somebody else, I let the Chicago Bulls give him 25. I ain't going to do that. But if it's, you know, a million two over what people, other teams may have been willing to give him, I'll, I'll bid the Chicago Bulls by a million and two per season for him. Okay, I got, I got. Two, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I got two more for you guys. I'm just curious. Okay. Man, I missed it. I missed the next half portion real quick. I'm sorry about that. Um, oh no, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. We, we go back there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Um. Well, I, I, we got this. Would you guys? Would you guys? Um. Take a, a uh, reunion of Demar, Demar, DeRozan, and Lowry in New York. I would. Yeah, Lowry. Yeah. If I could get both of them, I would yeah. do that. I would do that. Yeah, I would do that. You know what? Because I think. They complement each other real well. They play real well together. I think they're both professional. I don't think I, th I don't think they would get in the way of Randall. You know, I think those guys those guys could come in and be a part of a team, and they they'll contribute immediately. Yeah. I don't think it'll be one of those things where they come in and they're trying to fail it out, see what they right. they know what they could do. They're gonna do what they can do, and that's it. Like they 
I, some of these other guys, like like let's say a Lillard, I think it'll take it some time for him and Randall to figure out how to play together. Agreed. Whereas, whereas I think a guy like DeRozan and, and these guys, they're not they're not really coming on a team to challenge Randall. You know, they're not like you know this is my team. That's that's not right. the mentality. Whereas Lillard's gonna come in and he's gonna want it to be Lillard's team. Yeah, I would agree. I I would do it if the price is right too, because the only way you do it is if you think you're gonna win a championship, obviously, with these guys. So if you go, let's say, give Lowry, because Lowry's gonna want twenty something million. He's not coming for fifteen million, ten million dollars, Lowry. So you're gonna have to give him twenty plus, I would say. DeRozan, you may be able to get. He's not gonna take peanuts either, but you may be able to get him a little cheaper than Lowry, maybe. Um. But it depends on who else you you like bring in along with them, like in terms of on the cheap end. Because now you you spent the good portion of your salary cap on these two guys, which I don't mind. Now you have them combined with Randall, which I think Tibbs would actually love that, right? Because Tibbs yeah. is all about the whole veteran thing, right? Mm-hmm. Right. They who all else put, Yeah. Who else did you put on the cheap end, like around those three guys that would actually make you title contenders? I would I would draft a kid from Kentucky, Isaiah Jackson. Played on because he's another tall guy that could finish in the rim, defend, block some shots. I think at that point, if you look at the minutes, I wouldn't worry about the point guard. You got Derrick Rose still on the roster, so there's no more point guard minutes between Lowry and Rose. Between Lowry, Rose. What's him? I think is Bullock under contract. Is one of those guys under contract? Bullock. Yeah, they're both, they're, yeah Burks, Bullock. They're both, both free agents. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so if you take and have a full guard rotation, and you think about, it, let's say you got Lowry, DeRozan, Rose, you, I would try to bring back one of those guys, Bullock or Burks, one of those guys back. Mm-hmm. Then you figure you got RJ at the three. What's him? What you do is, is I mean, unfortunately, it's not, it's not convenient, but. Toppin might have to play some of the three or something, whatever. You might have to try to get him to play a little bit of three. Whoever will either move Julius down to the three or something, because somebody, whoever handles the ball better. Now, you know, like if they decide to go that route, if I'm them, I may go all in with it in terms of the whole veteran thing. And I may look to, to move uh, Toppin and Drummond maybe too. Why not? Why not bring Andre Drummond in? As a, you, as a, if you're gonna do that, he's a contract. He's and let him play that role as a big who's mostly gonna rebound and clean up down low. So, he's he's all you know veteran type of teams. So I can't really see some of these young guys mixed in with with these veterans on a Tibbs coach team because those young guys will never play. Once you get DeRozan out there, DeRozan gonna be playing thirty plus minutes. Yeah, what is RJ gonna be doing then? Right, because they're so, both two guards slash small forwards. Yeah, you might as well bring in, let's say, a, a Kelly Oubre and just move RJ, trade him or something, right, and go all veteran, so to speak, with an occasional young guy here and there. You, what you do is you, you're right. You, you trade those guys and you move them, and you, you basically have a situation where these guys, you, you give it a two, give it a two year run. You bring in these veteran guys, sign them the two year deals. And you see what happens from there, two, three year deals or something. And if it doesn't work out, remember a lot of times the way the NBA works is crazy. So if you got Lowry for two years, say for forty million, some team's gonna take him on that second year because they trying to get the money off the books. So 
all these guys that you get them on two years because that's what the Knicks did smart the last time. They signed all these guys to these two year deals and stuff yeah. where they could get them off the books easy. They're easily tradable. So you bring them in on those two year deals or something, a bunch of two year deals and see what happens there. But you're going to be, you're basically be in, a, in a tight rotation like the Nets did too. So you bring in these guys, they're getting paid a lot of money. Like you said, they're going to eat a lot of minutes. But you 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 gonna have to get a lot of rookies or young players that that have come up quick because look at the Nets. The Nets are a perfect example. The whole team was from what they said, Kyrie, Harden, and Durant was technically 85%. And if you put Joe Harrison when he's on, it was 91% or 92% between four guys. Joe Harris is off. You just got KD and the other two are not. Now you're down about 32%. <laughs> what the offense is, you know, a 34%. And you basically can't win. So, if the Knicks got out there and they brought these guys in and was saying, one of the concerns, like when, when Theo was saying, would I overpay the ball or something, is Lowry's health is a concern. So, if you put much money in the Lowry and he goes out there and he gets hurt or injured, at least in that particular case, you already have Rose, so that helps somewhat. But, Thankfully, you know, guys like DeRozan has been really durable. Randall's fairly durable. So, then Andre Drummond is fairly durable too. So, those guys wouldn't be bad to have in there. But another thing is, I wonder, granted, they're still going to want to get paid, but I, I think those two guys would take like less money to play together again. Yeah, I think so. Lowry, unless he thinks he can get 25, I think he would take 20, let's say, in order to play with DeRozan again. I think those you get good. those guys for forty together. You yeah, both of them. Forty million dollars. You can get back. both of them. Yeah, you can get both of them over there for forty million dollars. I believe. I, I believe you can do that. Yeah. Mind that. No, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that, especially if it was a uh, any other coach. Then I may have something to say against it. But with Tibbs, we know how Tibbs loves the veterans. So, you know. But, if we, we can win with that type of team, those those two guys, then I wouldn't mind it. I'll tell you this. The Nets got some decisions to make, too. Because I will tell you, the big three are not going anywhere. Joe Harris is staying. So those are the only four guys that you know based on financial commitment and they want that'll be there. And then you got to start thinking about, unlike the Knicks, who unfortunately is based on the coach and the organization, the Nets are based on the players. So now you got to figure out if I move this guy, are the rest of these guys going to act like babies? So DeAndre Jordan, they didn't play him, but they might not be able to move him. You understand what I mean? So yeah, you got DeAndre Jordan, who was him, who they didn't let him contribute, but if you trade him, it might upset Katie and Kyrie or something. And they might be friends with Blake Griffin. So there's a lot of stuff in there that's kind of, you know, crazy. I can tell you this. I think, um, Landy Shamit will be back. I think he's under contract. He'll be back. Yeah. Um, most of those guys going to be gone. I think um, this guy will be back. The, um, the tall guy we were just talking about. the um, uh, Claxton. Claxton. He'll be back because he's under contract. And, yeah. uh, but I, I don't know if Griffin will be back. I can see I don't Griffin. know if he's got years left. Yeah, I can see him coming back for another run on a cheap cheap deal. I don't think Bruce Brown will be back because I think he probably played in his way out of the contract. Yeah, into a decent enough contract where they won't be able to afford them. They won't yeah. be able to throw, let's say, $7 million at well, Bruce Brown. Or... Let me let me tell you where they got lucky at, though. 
as much as people don't believe it, Spencer did when he locked uh, opting out, he gives them eleven million dollars back on the cap. So they can use that eleven million dollars to try to, you know, give Blake Griffin some money or give Bruce Brown. I, I do think Bruce Brown is kind of in that Taylor Horton Tucker role thing where those guys gonna go out and somebody's gonna get them eight to ten million dollars probably. Yeah. I could see Blake Griffin coming back for a relatively cheap deal because he seemed to enjoy his time. He was, you know, seemingly miserable over there in Detroit. Plus, who's actually gonna, like, how much could he command on the open market? I think the Nets for Blake Griffin is a, a chance to kind of sort of do that whole I'm cement my legacy by getting a ring. Where else could he go for one of those type of, you know, championship possibilities? The Lakers. Yeah, wow. But why even bother? I'm already with the Nets. The Nets have just as good as a chance as anybody else. A healthy Nets. I was going to say, I think the other place is the latest, but I think I think he kind of soured on that after the Clippers thing. So Yeah, do you want to go head back over there to L.A.? It's a different organization, but, you know, I, think, I don't really see him leaving. I think one of the things that's interesting is that I think there's this myth that everybody wants to play with LeBron. I don't think everybody wants to play with LeBron. I don't think Blake Griffin, like, as much as we didn't know what he would give the Nets, he at least got to put the ball on the floor. He shot whenever he wanted to shoot, you know. He was able to do whatever he wanted to do. They, didn't, they never told him not to shoot the ball and go stand in the corner. Yeah, he seemed like he was having fun out there. You know, granted, he wasn't the old Blake Griffin from, you know, from the Clippers days. We don't expect him to be, but he seemed to enjoy his role. He's not going to command. It's not like he's doing it for the money, where some team's going to throw, throw big money at him. Plus, he already made a bunch of money. So I think now he's just looking for a team that's going to allow him to do what you just said. Still kind of sort of be a, a shell of himself, shoot when he wants, yeah. catch an occasional dunk, lob, or whatever it is, and just have fun and, and compete for a championship. Yeah. Um, is Jeff Green a one-year deal or two-year deal? I think he might, he's a key person. I think he oh, might be on the way. Plus, he's, he's Kevin Durant's friend again, right? Yeah. From, from the, the whole DC metro area, right? Maryland. They're going to bring him back. They're going to have yeah. him. I think yeah. more money, too. Yeah. 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 I think the tough one, though, is DeAndre Jordan. I think the organization, if they could, would move on from him. But I don't think KD and Kyrie will let them move on from him. He'll probably be one of those guys that's on the bench as like a veteran presence, maybe. Herb Williams. They already got a, <laughs> they already got a bunch of veterans, so I, I don't know what value that serves. But yeah, he'll be he'll be on the bench, I think, over there. Plus, even if you moved on from him, because I don't know, is he still on the contract? If he's on the contract, what could you possibly trade him for? Because this guy has a bunch of value, so what's the urgency to trade him? And if he's, if he's not on the contract and you want to re-sign him back, what is he going to get, a vet minimum? I give him yeah, that. Yeah. DeAndre Jordan. He's worth that, or more. He could play that, you know, Tyson Chandler type of role, right, as Tyson Chandler was on his last legs. DeAndre Jordan can do that. Oh, yeah. DeAndre Jordan will get signed. He'll definitely get signed if he gets moved. But I think I, I think he has another year left, DeAndre Jordan. I know he didn't get the same deal as Harden, Irvin, and, and Durant. He doesn't have the four-year deal or whatever. But yeah, it's no, I wouldn't say it's any urgency to move him. He's not making that much where he's going to clear cap space for you. Nobody's going to throw draft picks at you for him or anything like that. So 
And plus, he's their friend. Why upset, you know, your franchise players by moving a guy who's not going to really return anything for you? Yeah, that's true. The only thing it would, which so far hasn't been too much of a problem, but the only time it would become a problem is if he goes into next season. Right now, he he wants big minutes again. Then they got a problem on their hands, right? Because Steve Nash, obviously, for whatever reason, didn't think he was deserving of those minutes. He comes back next year talking about he's not looking to sit down again and play that bench role. Then you might have to get rid of him or figure that out. Oh, that then I just looked it up. They're not getting rid of him. He's got he got the same four year deal. So next year will be his next year will be his third year of the deal or whatever, and it's for nine million dollars plus. Don't get me wrong, a team will take him at nine million dollars. They can trade him with that number easily. Really, That's nine million per he's getting? Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't even think he got that much. I will tell you this: this he could go right now. Charlotte will give up their draft pick probably for DeAndre Jordan at nine million dollars. They'd be crazy. Very crazy. <laughs> He'll be on Portland next week. <laughs> but yeah. So, what do you guys think of it? Listen, we've seen the Olympic roster. We've seen some guys turn it down, and, and I was happy to see some guys just not be crazy. Like you know, I'm sure Mitchell wanted to go, but his injury, you know, didn't permit it. Some guys, I think, you know, might have. I'm glad Harden decided against it. You know, I mean. LeBron, he you know he put in a lot of a lot of work his last year, so I'm glad he was against it. You know Anthony Davis, he should never have considered it. He ain't in no type of health. Yeah. But I mean, some of these guys, like I, I mean, I'm glad to see him go. But would, should Bradley Bill have went? I think he should have took the summer off. Obviously, he has the skills too, but coming yeah. back. A hamstring thing or whatever he had going on, he might have wanted to take it easy too. Unless he's a hundred percent, right? If he healed up that quick, I don't know the severity of his injury, but if he healed up that quick, then sure, why not? That would be my only concern with him is is the injury he had. But if he's back to being healthy, then then why not? I still personally have the concerns over the over them playing at all. Yeah, um, but obviously some guys weren't too concerned. Um, about it so that aside I don't see Bradley Bill like any issues with him playing assuming he's helped um, the only player I have an issue with is Kevin Love yeah, oh, yeah. I don't understand yeah. that I don't understand he hasn't played all year honestly so um, he's been well, yeah. yeah well so, I don't understand that yeah, yeah. Um, I probably would try to ask uh, Aiden to join yeah that would have been nice you know, but Kevin Love is more issue with the, with that roster. As far as uh, how to set up, you know, who's on it, I have no issue with that. Just Kevin Love is my only issue. Yeah. yeah. I was glad to see Kyrie Irving opt out, too. That was smart, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you can get over to Tokyo and then have one of those, I don't want to play no more type they might, yeah, They might have yeah, yeah, probably told him it was a regular Nets game, so he opted out. That's why mm-hmm. the Olympics. Yeah, you can't go all the way to Tokyo and then decide you don't want to play. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm glad he didn't put himself or the, or the, the team through that. Yeah. Take it, take it easy. I know he supposedly is his wife, whatever, his fiance, whatever, is pregnant or just had a baby or take it easy, get your head right and come into next season ready to go, I would say, if you're him. Mm-hmm. Well, I, 
Dude, when we look at this roster, just looking at it, I mean, it has the talent or something. Do we see this as, as I don't know if this is an easily winning roster. Like, do, do they win easy with this roster? Hmm. I mean, somebody's, somebody's our team's got decent big men, and we got Kevin Love and Bam. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I yeah. wouldn't depend on men like, oh, I know that for sure. They're definitely winning a, a gold medal with this team, but team definitely has a lot of talent, but I, I wouldn't pencil them in for a game. They, they got a lot of scores. You know what they don't have, too? Like, again, I like Lillard, and I like these guys, but who's actually distributing the ball? Everybody on this team wants to score. Like, who's bringing the team together, getting other guys involved, and stuff like that? I mean, you, you figure the only point that, I mean, you got Drew Holiday. But he's not a traditional point guard. There's no traditional point guard on this roster at all. Um, I think sometimes when you play for USA team, you kind of sacrifice who yeah. you really are for your personal team. So I don't think, think that would be a big issue because this is this is more of a you know nostalgia kind of thing, you know, do for our country kind of thing. So might might be a little more than winning a chip. I should say maybe you never know to some of these guys. But I can see these guys sacrificing. Not worrying about scoring because right now it's about you know trying to win a gold medal for the USA. Plus, other teams in the past sacrificed. Kobe Bryant sacrificed a lot against you know yeah. he, he made many shots. But he sacrificed a lot to let Durant and LeBron and other guys go crazy, go ham, then make four quarter. He do his thing. So uh, I don't I don't find these guys you know being being self centered for a few games in Tokyo. You know? I don't see that happening. You know what I heard that's interesting about these Olympic rosters and stuff too? That um, you know that listen that some of these guys get incentives, like and with them in their sneaker deals and stuff for playing for the Olympics and stuff. So that's interesting too. Nice. Yeah, I can believe it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And you know, too. I you know. I, I like having Draymond Green on our team too. Yeah, some toughness and some some veterans. He'll distribute it. Yeah, he'll distribute it. He'll help any down defense. Put that point forward, bro. Right, exactly, exactly. That would be good. So, listen, we went through. we went through the the NBA, and we talked about the current playoffs and stuff like that. That's kind of been like the big thing on the plate, consuming everything right in front of us in the last couple of weeks or something. Listen, I think, listen, we should, listen, we should probably, listen, cut it off at the basketball today. And next week, listen, when we get into the finals, start looking at, listen, looking at how our teams are doing in baseball because I took a peek and, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I see, we both see these. Yeah, Yankees going be falling apart again. Yeah, Yankees are yeah. falling apart. The Mets, the Mets look better than the Yankees. Well, I would definitely say that. We had some, um, just, you know, a couple of things. We had some memorable fights. So, Theo, what did you think of the Lomachenko fight? Well, I was talking to Shannon before we started, and I can't some highlights. Um, he said that he looked, he felt good, he looked good. Um, Skip had him losing the first early rounds. Like, sometimes you should be feeling the guy out, so to speak. You know, but uh, take went to the body, he broke him down, and, and, and finished him off, so he looked good. So, it looks so good that he might get a rematch with with, uh, with Tio right now, they're talking about right now. Because Tio's dad was there in attendance watching the fight. Mm -hmm. So, now he made that rematch that he wanted against Tio. So, uh, 
But, but Loma, Loma's great, man. He's, he's the top 10 fighter in the world. He's great. He's got each help. So, last night, what did you think of the, the fight with him with Devonta? Devonta, he's a problem. Now, the problem with <laughs> Devonta is that, he, depending on the size of the fighter, he gets hit a lot. He's hard to hit. No. Now, Errol Spence is nice. Don't get it wrong. It's Errol Spence. He's nice, but Errol Spence ain't hard to hit. He can get hit. <laughs> You know, but Tank is just so strong, man. And he just, whether it was a jab or a body shot or a punch to the face, punch to the shoulder, he's just so strong. He just breaks you down eventually. So yeah. if Ron gets on, those punches start accumulating into your body, man. And he like a good, a good hard shot anywhere, anywhere in your head to your waist, man. Down you go. That went down two times, man. I think two or three times last night. And, yeah. and once again, he knocks him by that with one shot. Last fight was, was a shot to the head. This shot was, was one shot to the body. So the power is definitely there. And he moved up two weight classes. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't see the fight, but I seen the highlights of it. And that body right. shot, wow. yeah, dropped the guy. Right. So you move up two weight classes and knock somebody with, with, with one shot with his head to the body. That, that says, that's just saying a lot. So who do you think is next up for for, for Devonta? Because I think he's going to have, for him to get good fights, he's probably going to have to stay up at the weight class exactly. Well, it seems like Javante and Floyd and Leonard Ellis be doing the uh, get in the bag, but you know, fight to see fighters, maybe a few plus fighters. Yeah, he ain't really, he ain't really in there yet with some, with some tough dudes, though. Yeah. I say he would lose, though, but a guy like me, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, a casual fan, man, so I, I know what's going on. Yeah. But uh, it depends. This guy's out there. He can fight Timo, he can fight Lomachenko, he can fight a lot of guys. He can fight Haney, yeah. he can fight the other, the other kid. He, this fight's out there, he can fight. He's going to chase the bag, just like you said. They're going to yeah. get together, see which one's worth the most, and then he, that's how he's gone. his career is going to go. I mean, makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. from a monetary point, it's not the best for the sport. But right. I mean, the casual fans taking over the sport right now. Look at the Logan Brothers. This is why yeah. the guy's running boxing, because it's casual fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is true. Yeah, like, you know, I mean... Yeah, the Logan, but that, 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 that's real interesting. Nobody in particular that actually watches boxing kids for watching the Logan Brothers. But right. like you said, the casual fan is real interesting to see a bunch of guys get out there and just go crazy. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. But, guys, let's say, as we start to wrap it up, any final words? Kareem, Phil? Um, just, I'm looking forward to seeing what my Knicks do next season which direction we go in whether it's the veteran route that we discussed or just continuing to build uh, through the draft maybe get a, a young free agent or two in there so I'm just looking forward to seeing what the Knicks do so let's go Knicks yeah listen shout out to the Islanders man they fell short for making the Stanley Cup finals but they had a great year so they represent New York City very well for us um, yeah, it's good to be on the show, man. It's been, it's been well, a week or two, I guess. It's been, it's been, it's been a while, man. You know what I'm saying? So well, it's good seeing you guys again, once again. I hope the family's safe and all that. But um, as far as that concern, man, listen, man, let's go boxing, man. Tyson Fury is coming real soon. Yeah. You know, so a lot more good boxing ahead of us, man. So can't wait. Looking forward to seeing that. And again, listen, you know, thank you guys for coming on or something, you know. Looking at this different, like the boxing coming up, these different coaches changing. Let's get Penny out there to coach the New York contingency. We got we got Cole Anthony, Mo Bamba, and Jonathan Isaac. Let's get Penny out there to coach these New York kids. So we can bring it home. Okay. You know, fellas, hold on before we go. Yeah. Ask real quickly. 
What hurt the Nets? Drew Harris shooting or Steve Nash coaching? <laughs> we were talking both. both. But Ooh, I think uh, I pick one. I think one. I think it for me it might have been Steve Nash coaching, simply because for me, as as uh, me and Kenyatta was saying, he almost became obsessed with going small ball, and I think uh, I think that came back to bite him. Mm. I don't understand how how they could play Giannis and DeAndre Jordan not play one minute. Right. One I minute. Get, I didn't get that. Yeah, I didn't get that. I didn't get that at all. Agree. Yeah. But thanks again, guys. Looking yes, forward sir. to next week's show. Everybody stay healthy. Be safe. Have a good week. Take care, fellas.